what will be the theme of 2019? I'll tell you what to watch out for in the year ahead. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today it's Sunday from noon to 3. We are live and taking calls about what to expect in 2019. 404 872 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show, and you can tweet at my trusty producer, Binkley, at Freedom Act Radio. How you doing, Binkley? Fantastic. How are you? Great. Feeling good. It's a little uh, early for me to be thinking, but um, that's probably a reflection yeah. on my... <laughs> I try not to think before noon. I'm totally not... Uh, yeah, I like to... I'm, an, I'm a night person. I should have the midnight show. Not the noon. Um, okay, so... Here's how it works. Normally, at the first show of the year, I'll uh, look at what I think are usually it's continuing themes. Sometimes I see some signals of what's coming. Uh, I noticed what was coming when the when Colorado legalized pot. I said, "That's it. The floodgates are opening. Every it'll just be legal everywhere." And at the same time heroin use will go up because they the it's such a tremendous source of like black ops money or you know dark money that uh there has to be some kind of shadow economy there and uh and i was 100 percent right and that was way way prescient so in advance that people thought well it was obvious like it was not obvious at the time but if those kind of things are not super uh, – they don't happen that often. But I like to use this opportunity to highlight themes that I think are the most significant from the perspective of uh, individual liberty and protections. I, I am an anarcho-capitalist. I think the idea – so if you haven't heard this show before because normally I'm on Saturdays – I'll tell you, I think the this experiment, the American experiment, which I love, but it was an experiment in self-limiting government. Is it at all possible to have a government that limits itself? And I would say that experiment has failed. Our government is totally out of control. But ever since I had kids, I changed my attitude from, yeah, burn it all down to um, – <laughs> Let's kick the can. Let's try. And maybe that's all we can ever do. Like, I, I wonder sometimes if that's like uh, what we do morally. Like, just you're, you're a flawed person. All you can really do is kick the can, do your best. Never going to be perfect. So I like to kick the can by focusing on the rights and privileges in the Bill of Rights. <clears throat> but that has a lot of other stuff with it. So, like, the First Amendment, which is the first for a reason— Talks about a free press, freedom of speech, all that. If you, so I look at the press and I see that it is just a propaganda machine for uh, the government that wants to expand. And that means pushing against our rights and privileges. So in this context, I often analyze the propaganda, call BS on it, peer down the rabbit hole, what are they really after? And when these themes arise, 
I see, I always try to look to what is the policy purpose of this propaganda. And a lot of times, sometimes it's real, real issues that they exploit. Sometimes they create issues. And that's where I want to go. Now, Binkley, you, on the other hand, you uh, have much more of a stomach for looking at the operatives who are generating that stuff. And you, I think, at this point, have a better handle on predicting their strategies and tactics. I think we're both in agreement on what the goal is. The goal is they want money and power. Yeah. And it's. I believe that it's totally above the parties. The left-right thing is just to keep us occupied. So I'm going to talk about the principles, and I want you to chime in with how you think some of these tactics and strategies are going to affect the goals that I think are clear, but that we need to be hyper vigilant over where, uh, you know, what the what the goal is and how we can defend ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, so every year I try to pick a theme where I think the theme, the rallying cry, the what the CNN constantly will generate the sound bite, whatever, and. I had a few in the running, but I think after careful consideration, I believe that the theme, overarching theme, last year I said it was you're a Democrat or you're evil. I think that was spot on. This year, I believe the theme will be impeach Trump. I don't think they will impeach Trump. I don't think they want to impeach Trump, but the theme will be impeach Trump as a rallying cry to get people into the town square. So I know that you have some stuff that uh, that dovetails with that. What do you think about that, Binkley? Absolutely. We're going to be hit over the head with the impeach Trump theme for the entire year. And they're not going to impeach Trump because they don't want to impeach Trump because it's not going to help their ultimate purpose. Which... And then they need a new rallying cry. Right. I think these things yeah. go by year. So yeah. and even with even if that were to happen, obviously, then they would get Mike Pence, who would is to them much scarier yeah he's also boring too so yes it'll so, have to uh whip up some scandals to, but they'll just have to start fresh again if they were to well, get trump out of pence had a radio show yeah that's true and you i have never heard a single cut from his radio show i have oh you have yeah is was it was it damning or was it boring or what no it's, he just has a little little bit more of a personality than he has on television. I just feel like there's a whole trove of things that he said, or even they could even just cut it up and make it seem like yeah. he said it. This deep video thing, what is that? Deep thing fake. To me? Deep fake? Yeah. What is that now? That, that's you where think you that's can basically happen? make a video of someone else. Like you can make a video of Trump, even though it's not him or of anyone really. Right. So I actually noticed this a couple of years ago. I. It, I think it was a video from, made by Stanford students. Mm -hmm. I can't remember, but it was like showing Obama or George W. Bush and their mouths were moving Putin. You could really see their mouths moving, but it was your mouth in their face in yeah. the video. It was very obvious. And I thought, why are they showing this to us? And of course, I always think they're softening us up. It's predictive programming. They just get it into our minds so we're not shocked and horrified when we see it for the first time. So, I mean, I knew that was coming, and I think you you are seeing signs that that's going to actually be a major thing. Maybe it'll cause a problem this year. Maybe they'll do something crazy. Putin will say something crazy, but Trump will have his finger on the button, and then it'll be revealed that it's a deep fake, so only trust CNN. 
I, I think there will be some controversy over a deep fake this year. Right. That'll be interesting. We'll have to highlight that. So at the end of the year, we'll go back and listen to this show and see how many we got right. And we'll just pick the ones we got right. So even if we get like 100 <laughs> wrong, I'm like three right. We're like, we well, got it right. So, all right. So impeach Trump was the number one thing. Is there anything else you think goes along with that theme? From that theme is going to be at the center of all the investigations, all the subpoenas of everything they're going to be doing, everything that the Democrat-controlled House is going to be doing in 2019. But but deeper than that is that stuff you find from Indivisible, which is like further left, more progressive. And their their goal with all this stuff isn't actually prosecution or justice or anything. Their goal is disruption, right? Yeah, their goal is to mobilize uh, an organization, a mass of people that they can basically use as a weapon. And I feel when I saw, I think, was it maybe it was the Kavanaugh hearings or other things where things got really ugly inside the legislative bodies. That was one thing I was really one of my best predictions of all time was in February, I think it's 2016, when Vicente Fox uh, used vulgarity towards Trump on TV. And I said, this is a watershed moment. And I also saw coming or I suspect that. Have been suspecting for a while that that vulgarity in the media and in the legislature and among politicians will escalate to violence or faux violence, like you see in Latin America and Eastern Europe. You'll see brawls break out in the legislative body, and I and I feel like that that progressive, that left, that indivisible stuff is driving not only the Democrats to the left, further to the left, but into this um, de-civilization mode. Yeah, it's radicalizing people. It's getting people more comfortable in mob action and confrontation. Yeah, and then and then it's just like the shutdown, I feel like. they'll they Their systems will be breaking down. They will be proving that they are not functioning correctly, and their demand will be more power. We need yeah. more power. Like when the government doesn't work right, they don't say, let's restore the 10th Amendment, take it back. They're like, <laughs> no, we need more government, bigger, globalism. Yeah. Same thing with that. They're going to say, now this isn't working, so you need to hand over the reins to the Democrats. We need to just stop all this voting nonsense and, you know. Just give us the keys. Yes, that, that's how they're doing it. Uh, speaking of which, the – so that's what I think the rallying cry will be, but I, but but not a real goal. A real goal, real goal, is this getting rid of the electoral college, and getting the federal government really re- revamping the vote, getting the federal government to be in control of national elections, Senate races, stuff like that, but also to get rid of the electoral college in presidential elections. I call it swamp the vote. So I think they're going to say free the vote. They're going to say liberate the vote. But I say it's swamp the vote. It's bringing this the swamp of D.C. across the border to your hometown to control that vote. And at the same time, swamp the vote with numbers. Because what, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was saying, and it's so obvious, expand the electorate. That's what I believe the immigration cries from the left are. Not about helping people. It's about swamping the vote. Absolutely. It's getting every as many people to vote that they can control as possible, creating new voters. Stacey Abrams focused on this a lot as well. And they have to have people who reject, who are ignorant of the American ideals or who have seen, have been betrayed by it. So 
in our country looks great, but if you're uh, a black American, you're like, yeah, well, it, we didn't get that. The Declaration of Independence did not apply to us, so it's BS. So you're, you feel inherently like you're not going to buy that stuff. Or if you bring people over from countries where they're less educated or they don't, they don't understand that socialism is the problem, not the solution, that they're trying to get people who uh, have no faith in or no understanding of these basic principles of liberty, which let's talk a little bit about that after the break, that that is the source of the prosperity. And you get people from the right also attacking uh, the connection between liberty and prosperity, liberty and justice. I want to get to that in just a sec. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're back. I'm here with my producer, Binkley. We're going back and forth about stuff that we see coming in 2019. And uh, I try to focus on fundamental principles, clarifying what's really at stake. And before the break, we were talking about uh, um, how there's going to be continued to be disruption in the legislative process, in the political process. Uh, I noticed it starting with the vulgarity and then it um, on TV and the media and and I see in Eastern Europe and Latin America, there's actual violence in the legislatures now. I find that the left will, or even any big government type, will will try to justify the failures of government as uh, a call for more government. But I noticed that, and 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 this idea that individualism is a problem, it's unworkable, you can't get anything done. But you hear that from the right, too. And I... Nothing was more uh, pointed in this direction than a tweet somebody forwarded to me asking me what I thought about it. Ricky Bobby sent it to me by someone named Lauren Southern, who I guess is she's she's listed as Canadian. I can't remember what she is. I never heard of her. What about you, Binkley? I've heard of her. I don't know a lot about her. Yeah. Okay. so she's she's supposed to be super right wing, maybe closed borders kind of person. I don't know. Um, and I'm not trying to pick on her, but what she said is like something that just drives me crazy. She's, this was her tweet. China's Orwellian leadership and century-based policy will give them global dominance in the next 50 years. The West's democracy and morality paralyze our ability to get anything done and will make it impossible to compete. It also makes our societies worth living in. Catch-22. I personally do not think it's a catch-22 to choose between centralized 100-year dictatorship and liberty. Liberty is not what keeps us from getting things done. Our greatest relative strength of any period in history was when we were at, had the most liberty, when the American experiment was pretty much still mostly intact in the 19th century all the innovations and stuff, if you read, James Corbett has a great video on this about China and how the Rockefellers and other um, behind-the-scenes actors fed China the technology, fed them all this stuff. Is It's it's like they're an outpost, an extension, maybe even uh, uh, a labor camp for, for the globalist industrialists. It's liberty that 
makes us untouchable. It's the competitiveness that would make us dominate. This is false. Uh, but we've got lots more predictions coming up. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Uh, usually Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today I'm on Sunday from noon to 3. And if you haven't heard my show before, I'm an extreme libertarian. I don't. I believe that the American experiment was hijacked, and until we restore the Tenth Amendment and have some states' rights, you're going to, or that the federal government oversteps its bounds, uh, we're just going to continue this march into tyranny, which is not just a matter of taxation uh, or even personal liberty freedom of movement it really is down to freedom of thought we're going to get into all this as themes and memes that are rising and uh, stuff to watch out for in 2019 i focus on the principles what i really think is at stake here my producer binkley is very helpful in digging deep to see uh tactics strategies and quite often smoking gun evidence that there are plots and conspiracies designed to propagandize us to take away our rights, to promote policies by promoting false narratives. So you're going to get it all here, and we're going we're gonna to lay it out, um, try to get to all our highlights, all the most important issues. Uh, Binkley, right before the break, I, we have to move on because we both have lists, but uh, before the break we were talking about how vulgarity, uh, I, I, it was one of my best predictions was, uh, when Vicente Fox used vulgarity against Trump on TV in February 2016, I believe it was, three years ago, I said, that was a watershed. We're going to have that. And and the mayhem will escalate in, in, the, in media and in politics. And I also think the third, I always think the third leg of that stool, media and politics, is academia. So I wouldn't be surprised if things get crazy in classrooms. I just it would have to get media attention. I'm not sure it's going to, but absolutely, classrooms are one of the top primary targets for. Oh propaganda. really? Oh really? I just thought of that in a second because I was like, there's always a third leg of the stool. It's like the people who tell you what to do but don't actually do anything. It's yeah. like academic. No offense. I I I, I can respect. I I have literally a thousand books. I respect academia, but. Uh, uh, but it's as as used as a propaganda tool as, as the other stuff, as media and um, the political arena. But you were saying that this vulgarity thing uh, is a that that you have actually seen evidence that that is a plot designed by former Democratic operatives is what it, what it looks like. Explain. Yeah, this is an old tactic that Saul Alinsky specifically. You get people to do more and more vulgar things, and that separates them from the establishment, and it radicalizes them. And we've seen more and more evidence of that. And you were saying— Just last think, week, there yes. was a one of the freshman congresswomen, a Democrat. Her name is Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. She told a crowd of progressive activists that— Careful, watch your language. I will not me. say the word <laughs> in full here. Don't say what these politicians are saying, right. please, on my show. We keep it clean. Yeah, she said they were going to impeach the MF-er. Meaning, yes, obviously meaning Trump. Nice, nice. Nice talk. Yeah. Nice talk. You kiss your kids with that mouth? 
Well, Trump said that <laughs> she she uh, you know she disgraced herself basically. So, so two things I want to just point. You said something about what was Pelosi's reaction. I have Pelosi's to. reaction was interesting. Pelosi said that she's not going to use that kind of language, but she's not in the job of of censoring people. So. That's interesting because Pelosi is one of the is of the group of Democrats that these new progressive Democrats are trying to separate themselves from. Right. So there so there you have the break from the past. Yeah. That will will be a paradigm shift, a level up, mm-hmm. if not a full paradigm shift. The other thing that I think is interesting about this is that they they blame Trump. They act like it was Trump who ushered in the era of vulgarity. A couple of reasons why the S-hole country thing, which nobody witnessed and it's not on tape, and the only reason we hear about it is because Democrats brought it out there and then blabbed it all over CNN to the point where it ruined vulgarity for me. Uh, but and, – and his um, – when he's talking to Billy Bush or whatever that kid's name was on the bus – that was that was leaked by the the liberal press after vulgarity became a thing, uh, but but what's interesting to me about that, given that you have revealed that it is a deliberate plot, longstanding and and new, like there's new marching orders that that expressly asked for this, that it's like when i was in the imperial war museum in london and the whole they were playing a an audio reel over and over again at the chemical weapons the chemical warfare trench warfare world war 1 exhibit that was just different voices that were supposed to be soldiers saying it, it's terribly immoral to use chemical weapons but we cannot win this war against the devil if we don't do what the devil did first and i don't think that they did it first but i don't know it doesn't matter the classic way to justify dirty, dirty tactics is to blame the other guy and say there's no way to – it's like that that Lauren, whatever her name is, Southern said, we can't win against China if we're not you – know, gee, I'm scratching my head. How do you beat a dictator, a totalitarian dictatorship without totalitarian dictatorship? Mm. Yeah, that's how you get people to play dirty without feeling guilty is you convince them that the other side did it first and that the other side is evil and that you have to do it to defend yourself. But here's the thing. Our morality has either is handed down by God or has risen up over 10,000 years or even 2,000 years. Because it works. It orders society. People said that about Christianity and Europe. Europe and England and some would be unbearably weakened by adopting Christianity, yet it became the most dominant civilization despite many disadvantages. Uh, Now, Tolstoy would say, who I love, he was a (laughs) spiritualist anarchist, that that's not Christianity, that that the modern state cannot— is a defiance of Christianity, but that's a deeper level that maybe we'll get into on a podcast before we resume. <laughs> oh, if you want to hear our podcasts, uh, I think the best way to go right now is propaganda report, um, dot Libsyn, L I B S Y N.com. Or you can go to iTunes. Um, if you want to hear this show and other shows like that, we get a little more in depth. So, yeah, I think that's it for the vulgarity stuff. I think it's very interesting and we've seen that coming. There's another thing. Uh, if people want to chime in, what you see coming, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at us, at Monica Perez Show or at Freedom Act Radio. Uh, but for me, I the most important thing for me is always to highlight 
the rights and protections that we have. So we have rights, God-given rights. Everybody on earth has those rights. You got to remember those rights were not given to us in the Bill of Rights. But what's enumerated in the Bill of Rights from, I never heard this or read this. I just am saying, looks to me like it's the protections that we have negotiated explicitly uh, for having given the government our power. Government has no power. We gave it some power. We required some protections. They're excellent. I love the Bill of Rights. As those protections erode, we lose our liberty and our right to self-governance. People worry very much about the Second Amendment. Of course, so do I. But if you lose some of the other amendments, particularly the Sixth Amendment, they can pick us off one by one long before the battle ensues. And if you're down to the Second Amendment, you've probably already lost the structure of yeah. society. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, we, if you're just – everybody's taking up arms against the government, you're not protecting the American experiment anymore. That has failed, and you have to start over. But the Sixth Amendment, that's the thing, I think. Thomas Jefferson – I believe I have a quote here of Thomas Jefferson. Uh I consider trial by jury as the only anchor ever yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. Thomas Jefferson to Thomas Paine in 1789. Boy. Wait a second. Love to read that. Be a fly on the wall for those two. Yeah. Having at it. You want me to read it again? Did that not say determined by Twitter? (laughs) What? I thought justice was determined by Twitter. <laughs> the mob rule of yeah. Twitter, the digital mob. Right. Well, that's why the Constitution is obsolete, buddy, because we've got new new stuff. <laughs> that's the argument of these people who say, well, boy, gee willikers, how are you going to beat communist dictatorship with uh, without having a communist dictatorship? Jeez. It's right. It's when you hear people, literally people like on the right saying, I think Michael Chertoff says stuff like this, if not directly. We need new tools because Thomas Jefferson couldn't have imagined enemies. He could not have imagined <laughs> Twitter, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, but so, it's, a, it's a tyrannical social media mob. It's a, it's a, the mob acts as a dictator in and of itself. Oh, yes. This is relevant to my Sixth Amendment thing. So hang on a sec. So Thomas Jefferson, trial by jury is the only anchor yet imagined by man, which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. Um, so let me just read it real quick, and, uh, and then I want you to say again what you were saying, Binkley, because I think that's critical. Uh, Sixth Amendment. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Speedy and public. Speedy and public. I want all trials. I don't want plea bargains. I don't think you should be able to waive this right. I want, because it's a moral hazard, the government will charge you the same crime. It'll charge you federal, state, a thousand different acts for every, um, you know, pot, seed you've sold. And they will threaten you if you lose with basically a lifetime of consecutive sentences. So people will plea bargain even when they're innocent. Watch AKA Tommy Chong. He pled and spent time in jail for a crime he was not even accused of. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch AKA Tommy Chong. So, I mean, they put him in jail for something they entrapped his son to do. And it says even in the papers that he mocked law enforcement in film. And that's a documentary? Yeah, a.k.a. Tommy Chung. On my now WordPress purged blog, I had a nice review of that. 
Um, uh, by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, which Bill Cosby was denied, as well as a speedy trial he was denied, uh, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense, which he claims to have been denied. And he's, like, I'm not defending him as a person, but I'm defending his Sixth Amendment right like everybody else's. We got, like, one minute. Tell me what you're saying on uh on on the mob i think well, i think what what you're saying and then flesh it out is that and within the case of bill cosby he was tried and convicted by the media by the digital mob that's why they had to the prosecutor hadn't prosecuted him in the first place then they brought him to trial then it was a hung jury they had to keep going until they railroaded this guy into jail because of quote public opinion yeah, it's a it's a battle of public opinion. If you can convict somebody in the uh, court of public opinion first, then the damage is already done. And they use these quasi-private companies, Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that, which definitely has some deep state backstory, to act like those forums don't give you a First Amendment right, which is, according to every other Supreme Court you would have ruling, you would assume they did. Uh, and then they now are using economic sanctions like Patreon, demonetization to make sure or censure like Max Kellerman on Steph Curry to make sure that you don't really get a chance to defend yourself. They have total power over you. And that is absolutely they use social media mobs to subvert the Sixth Amendment. Yeah. So uh, hang on, Michael, I'll get to you right after the break. Anybody else wants to call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. We are back. What's to come in 2019? Taking calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Michael in Cobb, East Cobb. Hi, Michael. Can you hear me? Hey, Monica. How you doing? Can you hear me, Michael? I can't hear you. Oh, you must have gone in a bad cell. Call back, please. Uh, All right, well, I'll give, uh, I'll read a a DM instead. I, uh, I'm a social studies teacher, and we just learned we are getting away from content in teaching social studies, working more on writing skills. Now, that's what I always said was wrong with Common Core, is that they took content out and they would give you a sentence like, Obama was the best president, parse this sentence. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that you don't actually have the conversation. That is like the oldest trick. I actually, it's not the oldest trick in the book. I actually had to really think about what was weird about Common Core. And that was it. Um, and, uh, And she adds, our other focus will be mandatory... Civic engagement, nonpartisan, of course. Yes. Mandatory civic engagement. Think about that. That's on my list. <laughs> that's yes, that's interesting. It's on your list of what's to come because you actually pointed it out. And I noticed it immediately after you flagged it that there was um, shaming of those who did not vote. So if you're a conscientious objector or you live in a place where the vote I've often lived in place. I don't think I've ever lived in a purple state. So I've never lived anywhere where my vote, I have to get out and vote. But they want you to get out and vote regardless because they want to emphasize this popular vote electoral college. But 
Republicans will never, you know, that's not a Republican theme. So if you look at it just from the popular vote numbers and the left has been shaming people for not voting, or what if you don't want to vote? What if you're not informed enough to vote? Isn't it totally irresponsible to just do what I, I they are so. suggesting? Collective vote. Absolutely. I, I, I don't. I, I only vote for races that I'm informed in. And the and audio clips that you have played us have actually stated, wait till we tell you what to do. Look at who we tell you to vote for, even if you don't like that person. I mean, that's uh yeah. that is how that's foreshadowing of what nonpartisan mandatory civic engagement is going to look yeah. like. Yeah, Linda Sarsour said, we don't care about your little feelings or your little beliefs. You just need to wait for your marching orders. Yeah, but how is that? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine. Simpsons. Oh, I have to get that clip. I know Rachel will give me that clip. Um, yeah, so the that was a theme that we identified from last year that was absolutely true. And and this bullying, this uh, it's intimidating, and I believe that's why they focus on young people, which is another thing I noticed a while back. I said there is an underexploited dialectic age. Young versus old is going to be a thing, and boy, was it ever in 2018. That Parkland shooting really uh, brought that home or exploited that, brought it to the surface. Actually, if you hadn't heard last our last show, we did 2018 in review. So that's another thing. You can go to Propaganda Report on iTunes and find the last show. Commercial free. Uh, so we're going to finish with what I consider fundamentally the most important things to safeguard in 2019. And Binkley's going to alert you to the tactics and strategies that are going to be used to undermine your efforts as a defender of your liberties. 404 1-800-WSB. Talk. This is Monica Perez. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally. Today, I'm on noon to 3. It's Sunday. We are live taking calls about what uh, to expect in 2019, what themes will continue, what themes will rise and emerge. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I am here with my producer, Brad Binkley, and we uh, are, for me, from my point of view, I'm giving you the principles, rights, protections, the stuff that I think needs uh, the most um wariness vigil uh vigilance in this year and binkley scratches the surface on that stuff and sees where the attacks are coming from and what they're going to look like so we've covered a few already we're going to we post this podcast on uh, propaganda report on itunes commercial free thank you wsb for allowing that it'll be up in a few days and one thing that we were touching on my the the I usually highlight an amendment I feel like is in the crosshairs I've highlighted over the years, the first, the fourth, the fifth. This year, it's the sixth. After what happened to Bill Cosby, he did not get a speedy trial. He did not um, ha have the right to call a witness in his defense. 
and many other rights was he deprived. And, of course, he was a huge jerk to a lot of people, even politically. I mean, he's he was not a free market, <laughs> laissez-faire guy. The people on the right didn't like him. It's not like he was uh, enlightened and above race. And he just, I mean, the guy is not a sympathetic character from any point of view, which is why nobody wanted to defend him. And because of of the court of public opinion, the actual courts went after him in a way I think he will it will be overturned on appeal and he'll be he'll get out of jail. But it's too late for him. He's you know, it's he's suffering through that now. Uh, but I um most people won't even I mean he didn't I don't know that he got the right to defend himself, certainly not in the public court of public opinion. But there's another danger and it's actually I saw it I, I've anticipated it. I did it wasn't in the news, I didn't see how it works, but I, I figured they could do it. So it's this concept that Binkley brought up earlier called the deep fake, where yeah. they can create a video or audio or any obviously they can always do digital documents like this where they attribute something to you. It looks like you're saying it and you didn't. And anticipating this for years is why I stopped caring what I wrote or said or anything. I mean, I I certainly wouldn't. I'm not provocative on purpose, but if they can make stuff up, then why bother stifling yourself in pursuit of defending your rights? And that's, I think, what what we're looking at. Right, Binkley? Yeah, I think that we're going to see some sort of deep fake event. That's been called a national security problem, um, and DARPA has spent $68 million on technology trying to spot deepfakes, and they say that they're failing at doing it. So it's something's going to happen, and somebody could actually say something, and they could just say, no, that's a deepfake. I didn't really say it, or somebody could create a deepfake and frame somebody. And if they are framed and you go to court and you say that was a fake and the only people in the world who are even close to determining fakes as DARPA, they could easily say, no, it's not. And how are you going to prove it if it's so hard to prove? Yeah, I mean, DARPA spent $68 million investigating it. So, And how much did they spend creating it? That's a good question. Because it came out of Stanford, um, and that's just the kind of – I haven't investigated it, but I'm, I'm, I believe that even in the Stanford video it said it was something that was generated by government and tech is – Research is funded by that, even just subsidized by tax deductions as a, of that kind of research. I hate to say tax deductions are subsidies. There should be no taxes at all. So, um, but the point is that, oh, I wanted to make one, like, a side point. So often, so we had this tweet earlier from a gal who's ext- very right-wing, is how it's, she is described, saying that you can't beat China because they have totalitarian dictatorship, basically, and uh, and we just, what are we going to do? But I have long thought, observed, whatever, that our technology, especially defense, but in every other thing, we give that to other people. We sell it to Saudi Arabia. We've Stuxnet and a drone crash in Iran. I don't, I don't think that was like Iran happening to figure us out. I think we give it to them. We give it to them because then we have real enemies that can support our military industrial complex. If we are the we spend half the defense money in the world year after year, who is going to keep up with that? Only the people we give it out to. So they created this deep fake thing as far as I know um or suspect and now 
they're saying it's a, a security risk. And it certainly will be. Uh, it certainly is a threat to our individual liberty. Right. And if you can do that to people, it's going to get to the point where you might can manipulate images and explosions and all kind of other stuff. Oh, yeah. And and it could easily be used as a provocation. So you, you played something for me. I don't know if I want to go down. Okay. So my next line item here, my next thing to worry about is this total information control, total thought control, push down from above. They can't just abandon the First Amendment. Uh, you know, they can't make laws that violate the First Amendment. But they, but these social media companies that I think have built uh, themselves up at the expense of competitors with, with a more liberty-loving outlook on the shoulders of the defense industry, government, tech, and all that kind of stuff, they are used to quash our First Amendment uh, rights and and then I think the next level is are these economic is the economic punishment. So Patreon uh, or YouTube has demonetized us. YouTube has banned my videos, but they've demonetized many of your videos. They just keep you from being able to make a living at it. As soon as they're uploaded, they get demonetized. E- even I believe WSB shows, right? Yes, shows that we have broadcast on this station are not acceptable to YouTube. <laughs> I mean, that's there's a problem there. YouTube doesn't like people who ask questions. That's what I've learned. Yes, that is the big threat to them. And Google, which you've taught me, Google, there there are definite exposés about how that was incubated, you know, oh, by yeah, yeah. government uh, entities. So so there's definitely a so. But wait, there were two clips you gave. Uh, there's one clip I really like from uh, a Council on Foreign Relations symposium. So if you ever wonder who the us and the them are, we're the us. Council of Foreign Relations is the them. And they had a what to watch out for in 2019. And one of the things they were talking about was I forget which clip it was. Um, something might happen on purpose or by mistake that sparks a major international conflict among superpowers, <laughs> you know? And when I hear that, I think something like uh, a deep fake could do that. I was listening to, I don't know when it was actually said, it was uploaded in 2012, this guy Patrick Clausen at the Washington Institute for Near East Affairs talks about how we need a false flag to initiate a war with Iran. I mean, this is an institution that George Bush praised highly. I mean, this is just one of those think tanks in Washington talking about a false flag to initiate a war. And that guy was brazen about the way he was talking about it, was it too. It was awful, arrogant. Yeah, but I mean, it's just the fact is that these things are how wars are started. And he goes through a list of all the wars that were started that way, all of them, yeah. provocations, false flags, all that kind of stuff. It's very scary. So when I hear – so I worry about uh, – about false flags. Uh, another big theme in that Council of Foreign Relations thing were the cyber cyber attacks. I think a cyber 9-11. Yep. And, and maybe even it will be prompted by the government shutdown. Like, I think this government shutdown or the next one or the next one might show, oh, without government, we're so vulnerable. Look at the terrible thing that happened. Well, look what happened in Atlanta. The Atlanta government got cyber attacked last year. You know? Yeah, well, this might be a massive nationwide cyber right. attack because the government isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Because Trump dropped the ball on government, you know. I mean, Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's a theme that I'm definitely picking up on, which we can get to if we have time. Trump as a scapegoat 
Uh, I also think Trump as a shill. I think there'll be less gridlock with the Democrats than there was with the Republicans. But let's get to that later. I want to I want to stick to this theme for a sec. Um, but this so there's a lot of uh, possibilities about what what these guys might plot to take us to war or to justify taking our um, rights away justify policies that we wouldn't otherwise accept. Several years ago, I talked about how people were up in arms about the government um, having back doors into iPhones. And then the San Bernardino shooting happened, and now people demand, <laughs> demand yeah, yeah. that back doors and iPhones. Uh, so as I was talking about economic, as I was writing my list as economic sanctions, economic persecution in the marketplace in order to enforce this total thought control. So I think like the Max Kellerman attacking Steph Curry for saying the moon landing was fake was a way of Max telling him you're going to lose your position, which is uh, impossible to believe for Curry, but you're going to lose your position. Beware anyone who thinks for himself. Steph Curry maybe can get away with it, but you can't. Yeah, definitely. And Kellerman did not rage about Eminem's song, Kim, where he says, no one's going to hear you scream, I'm going to make you bleed. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't rage that that was bad for the youth, bad for society. He raged that Steph Curry thinking the moon landing was fake. Right, was that's a lot more that, offensive than... Yes, needed yeah. to be stamped out immediately. So I had noticed that this Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we did, a, like, a whole show on her, basically. AOC, yeah, what they AOC, call her. That's such a cute little thing that I can't... I don't want to use it. It's such a cute. It was a great restaurant in L.A. back in the day. I just can't. So I have to, like, make it as awkward as it is. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She People keep teeing stuff up for her. They released a dance video where she looks fabulous, sexy, and talented and said the right is trying to smear her I know. with this fabulous dance video. So she just she just danced her way through her inauguration, it was like, what? Nobody was smearing her. They just, they, the whole thing was made up. Nobody was smearing well, her. It was a, uh, it was, it was a cute video that was well produced, and she's a good dancer. Which just goes to show that she wasn't just some schlub who came home one day to find on her answering machine, you're running for Congress. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. She is. Basically, the Trump of the progressives right now in the way that she does these publicity stunts that kind of directs the narrative. She's fantastic at it. People will talk about her policies. She says stuff and does stuff for the purpose of triggering outrage. Well, people – the other side is playing ball with her because yeah. this – I just – I posted this headline from HuffPost. A GOP strategist called Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, quote, the little girl with a, quote, big mouth she replied with a trademark zinger so i just i didn't even know what she replied i was just like yeah he's teeing it up blah 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 so then shrop uh tweets back in case anyone was wondering what she said in response here it is quote if anything this dude is a walking argument to tax misogyny at a hundred percent so she's saying we need to economically sanction this guy for what he thinks and says and her target audience is young people, people who are going to be new voters, people who just uh, turned 18. Little girls with big mouths? Possibly. chance? <laughs> girls from the Bronx. All right, let's uh, – yeah, right. I think she's – yeah, from uh, – where was she? From Yorktown Heights. Yeah. Not the Bronx. 
Okay, so let's continue this after the break. 800 WSB Talk. Feel free to chime in with your calls. 404-872-0750. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's like everything I've been brought into believe was all made of bull****. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. At least I bleeped it. We bleep our vulgarity, yes. We bleep it. Uh, I want to take a call real quick. You can chime in with your uh, thoughts and predictions for 2019. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I am going to Sharon. Sharon, can you hear me? I can hear you, Monica. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. What's on your mind? Well, I just called to let you know, Miss Monica, that I am a chocolate little petite girl with a big mouth, just like you. (laughs) Bring it on. Bring it on. I don't even care what your opinions are. I want you to articulate them in the freedom and liberty that we still have for however long it lasts on this show, in this country. Go for it. What do you think is the well, biggest thing in 2019? I I think that things are going to turn out just fine. And us petite uh, girls have a lot to say, so people need to listen. Listen, I'm listening. What do you got? What do you think is the single greatest issue facing this country this year? This year, I think it's going to be immigration. And what and do you the think economy. Is, yeah. What do you think is the answer on immigration? Do you have a sense or what? I think that everything's going to come out in the wash and uh, just about everyone that has an opinion and uh, has leaning left to right or whatever right to left will get what they want. That's what compromise is all about. I'm worried about the immigration thing, and I'll tell you why. I think the wall might be a trap that if things get really ugly, that wall, as Ron Paul pointed out, could be used to keep you in. I think that it is a chance. That. That's a good that's a good point. I'm a little and worried. I hadn't about thought it. about it that way. But and then we'll yes. look back and the people who are pounding the table donating to the GoFundMe to get a wall, they'd be like, Oh, Berlin, yes. I forgot that, about that one. So I our well, Thank you for the call, Sharon. Keep listening. I am, uh, I'm going to, you know what, David, hang on. No, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the last word, David. Can you hear me? You got one minute. Go. Okay. So um, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a Twitter Twitter handle of AOC. Uh, But, but if you signed up for Twitter early on, I mean, in the first couple of days, you could get one of those three-letter handles, like your initials. But you can't get one since then. So I'm wondering if she got that from somebody else, if she took it away from somebody else. And then you would say, well, how does that look? I mean, Donald Trump has real Donald Trump, not Donald Trump, right? Not DJT, so, right? Right. At DJT. So, so there was a great restaurant in L.A., else. AOC. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. She's all about the common man and and you know not being privileged, and yet that's a privilege, obviously. Oh, oh, let me tell you, else. David B- Binkley. <clears throat> do you know offhand what our episode number was? Propagandareport.libsyn.com. We did a show that was a little bit ahead of the uh, hype about Alexandria uh, Ocasio Cortez's backstory. She is she is as establishment as selected as created almost not quite as Stacey Abrams. But Stacey Abrams has some years on her. 
No, she's been she is she has been created and put in place for to do exactly what she is doing, and that's what these highly produced videos are. She was uh, an intern for Ted Kennedy. What a hard gig that must have been to get during uh, when she was in high school. So we're going to continue with our list after the break. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're back. Uh, We have really been uh, hitting some important points rapid fire maybe not rapid fire but a lot of stuff a lot of stuff like this is when i get an email that says i've only listened to the podcast once so far but i think i got what you're saying (laughs) i'm not supposed to talk that fast not supposed to go uh, get too um deep too fast that's why binkley my producer is here we try to keep each other in the in the in the uh between the lines in the lane But we have been talking about uh, a lot of things that we see as themes and memes that continue to rise. We are talking, uh, one thing that is clear to me, major, major problem. uh, I used to call it total information control. I absolutely wrote articles in 2016 about how the next president would be the censorship president. Obama was the surveillance president. Now we've gotten through that to where, uh, and I was absolutely right about that. Uh, this is the era of censorship, but now we've gotten to where it's thought control. It's thought control, um, not just suppressing how people communicate, what they communicate, but what they're thinking. Uh, and Binkley has a, uh, a clip from the Council on Foreign Relations. If you know anything about uh, the grand conspiracy, it's really the Royal Institute for International Affairs started in London. It's now called the Chatham House, and their spawn was the Council of Foreign Relations. And it's really a globalist organization. Stacey Abrams is a member of it. Its goal is to to bring our policy up and out of our domestic interests. There was a an, um, something about the North American Union, uh, a report I publicized widely during the 2016 presidential campaign because Heidi Cruz was a co-signer of this. William Weld was a co-author of it out of the Council of Foreign Relations talking about a North American union like the EU where um, it wouldn't matter if there were walls because there would be open borders uh, for goods and services and people, labor, stuff like that, which as a libertarian, I'm totally fine with. Of course, you need a libertarian society. You need a free society without a lot of welfare and labor laws. But expressly in the document, it says we would, in order to make this work, we would have to adopt universally across the whole continent the most restrictive laws on labor and environment and all that stuff, which is probably the goal of the EU. And it says in order to affect that, we would have to have have uh, organizations that helped legislators understand how to push it through their legislatures. And it cited the Bilderberg Group and some other groups, which are similar to the Council of Foreign Relations, if not um, extensions of them. And they are uh, – so they have a, a really a globalist agenda. I know that's overused. It sounds very conspiranoid, but it's true. They have a globalist agenda. That's what they're there for. And a lot of our uh, politicians are illegally, unconstitutionally affiliated with these guys. 
they put out a so do other of these project syndicate other of these institutions do the same thing world economic forum probably uh the davos crowd which is coming up yeah what to watch oh is it coming up it's like two weeks oh that's all right we'll have a good show on that i'm sure so the 2019 projections predictions uh things to worry about what to watch out for from the council of foreign relations Binkley found it, cut some clips from it, highlighted a cyber attack was going to be a big one. Conflict in the South China Sea is a big one. So when they say that stuff, an inadvertent event that could cause escalation among world powers, when they highlight that stuff, I worry that's on their agenda. Not They're not predicting. They're planning. <laughs> yeah, and the one guy's a CIA agent or intelligence officer. And the other guy was um, they start these strategic firms like Strat4 or whatever. They start, they leave government, the Pentagon, whatever, and they start strategic firms where they go to corporations and stuff and tell them everything they know. Then they go back into government and they come back out. It's like IRS and, and accounting firms. They go in and out. It's that revolving door. Uh, I think Japan has an expression for it like um, dropped in from heaven, you know, like they just pop into the accounting for you, tell everything you know, and then whatever. So, so I take these things as warnings and rather than predictions. Uh, but one that caught my ear was, uh, Binkley, I think you have it labeled as clip six. Let's hear that. All right. It is loading. What is with that? I need I need less loading. People aren't. Yeah, the ball's spinning. It's intrusions and stealing data, manipulating data. uh, You know, propaganda to influence cultures. I think that's that's the future. We need to be as concerned about attacks on our human infrastructure as we are in our critical infrastructure. And the attacks are happening as we speak, as we sit here today. What we think, what we believe, how we relate to one another. That's as dangerous and as problematic as an attack on electrical. What we think is as dangerous as an attack. What we think is dangerous. Yeah, like, that's interesting. It's like what the when the ADL guys gave the award to Tim Cook that we highlighted on this show, and he said he's getting this award for suppressing anti-government conspiracy theories. Right, and that is what they're implying there is that there is a right way to think and that there is a wrong way to think. And you know what else he said was that Let's play it again in a second. But what else he said was that propaganda is used to subvert culture, something like that. This reminds me of the slideshow, the 150-page DARPA slideshow on memetics mm-hmm. that I've talked about before, where one of the slides is using memetics. It's like a whole section of the report on uh, to enhance dysfunctional subcultures. So these yeah. guys have the power of propaganda, and what do they use it for? To enhance dysfunctional subcultures. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our problem, Lauren Southern, is not that we're too moral and democratic. It's like, let's just get it out there right now. If, if our government is using our tax money to enhance dysfunctional subcultures, and then they use those dysfunctional subcultures and their retaliation against the West as justification for the national security state, which is justification for taking away our rights. You know, that seems like a lot of dots to connect. It's just one big blob. Maybe it's just a secret experiment that's harmless. Oh, like the fact that the Russian bots 
who were supposedly helping Roy Moore were actually Democratic operatives put in place to discredit him. That's another show we did. That was a true thing. And uh, if you're just hearing this for the first time, you got to wonder about the 24-7 cable news that's not talking about it. Uh, But one thing I want to point out before we move on to the next point, um, and I'm happy to hear if you have anything more on this one, is uh, that that the that the 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 mob the mob mentality the dis- disrupt the legislation the the um, steal the mic don't give up the mic go to town halls and mess with people is not ground up it's not grassroots it's top down indivisible which is a classic example of one of these organizations that's ginning people up was established by Democratic uh, staffers in in the Obama era. And and to me, the reason I did not, this whole populism, I saw it all, have always believed that it was artificially constructed, astroturf, as Pelosi would say, for the simple reason that you, for better or worse, food stamps, welfare, all that stuff is designed to keep people on their side of the wall, you know, without having to pay them a living wage, quite possibly. I mean, I know that starts to sound like socialist, whatever. I believe in complete liberty. You don't have to have any of these, this, I don't, I don't like the fascism or the socialism. I don't like the business-oriented government model or the um, demagogic government model. I don't, I don't like any of it. But, but I'm just saying, if you don't have people who are really hungry, why get up? Off the couch. You know what I mean? It's that whole bread and circuses thing. It's what my Brazilian friend says, the baskets and novellas, they, the Prozac and Facebook. I mean, you just, you keep people, you're, 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 you're getting them off the couch. You could completely sedate them. Think of the, the people who are being neutralized and sedated with video games, with porn, with um, real drugs, uh, with, with social media. And I would categorize false activism in that or... You know, there's just so many memes that could be used for good that are used for ill. Yeah, they target people, and this is written by Lenin, by Saul Alinsky. They target people that don't have a firm leadership in the, in their life or don't have uh, a, a a compass that guides them, kind of, so that they can step in and be that North Star for them. Well, and that's why I think they focus on the youth because yeah. They can do that. They encourage by really like the uh, electronics, some and the sexual content and the the culture that is being piped directly to our kids is causes conflict like crazy between the generations. Myself and my kids, and I know, I mean, any mom I know will say the same thing. Like it's the electronics. It's the it's from gaming to YouTube. I've lost control of this kid, and when I try to take it back, they do bacon. I mean, they freak out. They they can't control themselves. Yeah, they and just... then the, the brother makes a YouTube video of that kid freaking out, and it's just a cycle. Yes, yes. and then they, and then then you've got the authorities. It's not good. So I'm a little I'm concerned about that, but I I absolutely I, there's evidence that it's a uh, it's proof of a conspiracy. There is proof of a conspiracy. So, look, what? Uh, let's before we move on to the next, my next few big, big points on your kind of quick hits. Do you have stuff that we've left out, glossed over? Anything you want to flesh out? What we've covered so far? 
Well, one of the things at the top of my list is this mob madness is going to continue. This activism that uses these mobs online and offline as a weapon to just bully people. Like the Indivisible Guide says, it says that it, it talks about getting getting together with a group to harass your member of Congress in order to get them to do what you want. It says it's much harder for a member of Congress and their staff members to dismiss large groups showing up and yelling at them than it is than a single person. That's why it's important to coordinate with groups. So get together with a group and get as close to them as possible. Yell at them. Take pictures or it didn't happen. Hold large events with created visuals and invite reporters and make sure to record everything and spread it all on social media. So the whole goal is to just trap people and bully them. You know what uh, the next step after that is, sadly? If you look back at the leaked audio that came out of the uh, Ukrainian coup, there was audio where an investigator, I think it was the Estonian foreign minister, was talking to Catherine Ashton of the EU. I forget what their exact titles were. He was telling her that what they discovered about the so-called the violence in the Maidan, so at the square in Ukraine, they, the American-funded uh, rebels were trying to get the president, the democratically elected president, deposed. There's leaked audio about that of Catherine, of uh, Victoria Newland. It's all on, on my old blog. I'll try to get back. Uh, so she ginned this up. There's a video of her on YouTube you can find of her reporting to Chevron as how U.S. taxpayers paid $5 billion and passed out cookies to make sure these guys uh, reformed their society by ousting this democratically elected guy for making a deal with Russia instead of the EU for gas. So what this guy found, he was reporting to Catherine Ashton, was that the the thing that really got the guy to run away, the president, was violence in the Maidan. Supposedly the cops shot at the protesters. But what this guy reported was that there were snipers who shot on both sides. So they shot cops and they shot protesters. Yeah. So both sides would erupt in violence or at the very least report casualties. That escalated it. But that was escalation from literally on high. So I don't I'm not predicting that. I don't anticipate that. I'm just saying uh, this doesn't doesn't end well. It doesn't it's not a good plan. And for them to do it on top because they don't have the political power they want, not just because they didn't win the election, but because there just isn't enough power. Yeah. You know who talks openly about doing that? Who? For years, who's been talking openly about stirring up those protests, like the Chatham House that you mentioned earlier. Oh, Chatham House. Yeah, well, let's let's keep talking about um, that, and then we'll move on to more topics uh, at the top of the hour. But I'll be right back after this break. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Let's give away a prize pack shall we uh we have a family four pack of tickets to the atlanta gladiators 16th annual teddy bear toss saturday january 12th at infinite energy arena tickets are on sale now at atlantagladiators.com that will be super fun that is fun i love family fun that'll be fun so call up 404 just call the regular line 8720750 if you want uh, that family four pack, in the meanwhile, Binkley, <clears throat> excuse me, let's. Uh, I wanted to get you touched on something. I want to finish up before we move on to our next topic. Say it. Say it again. It was. 
we were t- I was talking about Ukraine and how mo- the next step of mob manipulation. And what did you say? Well, the Chatham House and Sir Andrew Wood, a, a man who openly admits that he likes to break up countries, has been a talking. Clip you've played many times, yeah. which I love. Has been talking for years, long before 2014, about um, stirring up protests to cause unrest and division in the Ukraine and in Russia. And this is the guy who is at the center, the, the, the quiet man at the center of the Russian dossier thing that nobody talks about. That other something else nobody talks about is that uh, with these color revolutions, particularly the most recent one in Ukraine, Pierre Omidyar, who made his billions founding eBay was uh, instrumental in the Ukrainian coup. But he's also the guy who supposedly hosts Glenn Greenwald, uh, who is Edward Snowden's mouthpiece. So these things, and uh, and when I look at these guys, we, we were talking about the Alabama bots, the, the Russian bots who are really Democrat operatives. They were funded by Reid Hoffman, uh, who founded... Uh, LinkedIn. And I think of George Soros, who's famous for these color revolutions. I think of this, of Piero Majar, Reid Hoffman. These are guys, Soros made his money front-running government uh, currency movements, right? So it's not that hard to, you know, there's this big LIBOR scandal. People do do insider things like, I don't know what, what if it was on level or not, but I'm just saying, same thing with the big tech. The guys who get these big tech monopolies are end up being fantastically wealthy and seem to always uh, spend that money in the service of the establishment, in the service of taking away our rights. At first, they seemed like they were defending our rights. But this stuff, I mean, I smell a rat, let's just say. You see the same names connected over and over again. It's. Just, I actually went through, I, I picked out the, t- I got a list of like the 10 biggest tech billionaires and <clears throat> I have to revisit that, see how I, um, if I called anybody out, but I just went through one by one and saw how closely connected they were to the defense industry or military intelligence. Stepfathers, grandfathers, pretty much everybody had a connection like that or the vast majority. And the only one I was stumped on was Steve Jobs. But his birth father was a was a CIA military intelligence operative for the United States in Syria. But wow. he supposedly didn't know him. I'm not. But it just was kind of weird that the only guy who was a big gaping hole happened to be. The um, adopted son of, of somebody who fit that bill. Anyway, got to go. Okay, we have more after the break, the, the finishing up our list of what to look out for for 2019. This is Monica Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, normally half the time. Today I'm on Sunday, 12 to 3, so we are live. You are welcome to call. We're talking about what to expect in 2019, what principles, what rights and privileges you're worried about, what tactics and strategies you anticipate, and any other anything in between. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. If you haven't heard my show before, I'm a hardcore libertarian, hardcore. I'm an anarcho-capitalist, actually. I believe that the government uh, has a an inherent 
irreconcilable conflict of interests that we only give them power to protect us. And so as a result, they need to make us feel afraid. So they cannot actually protect us because then we wouldn't need them anymore. It's that paradox. Uh, They seem to do a very good job convincing us that their incompetence means we should give them more money. That's what I think the shutdown is all about. Uh, But specifically, the talking point that the shutdown is supposedly about is building the wall. So as a libertarian, I have a... The immigration issue, all libertarians do not agree on immigration as a practical policy matter because the way the country is set up, it is a competing rights issue. Are they coming in using infrastructure we already paid for or are they going to – are their children going to pay for the infrastructure that we borrowed to build? I mean, are you – are they enslaving their children in an indebted country? There's – There are lots of different ways to look at it. As a libertarian, I believe in the right to work and travel. If I have a business, if I have a room to rent, no one can tell me who I can or cannot open my doors to. But the government tells you that you must open your doors to everyone they let in. So that makes people tense. And then they feel like they have to control the borders. They forget that all they really need is to restore private property rights. If you look at the EU, that's really what they are doing right now. Of course, it's they're going to have a more of a political union over time. But right now they have a single currency and they have the right to work and travel. Uh, You can't vote in each other's elections. And that's where another thing where we go wrong, we say you can't just let people in and, and work. They say you have to make them citizens and let them vote. Like that's not the right to work and travel. So libertarians can disagree. Uh, But I, I believe that the immigration issue has a couple of nuances that people don't talk about as much. One is that uh, it's, I don't know which order to put it in. One thing that is happening right now, you don't, Trump isn't actually talking about reducing immigration numbers. He's talking about illegal immigration, which is, de facto kind of unskilled labor. Now, the unskilled labor that comes in, for people who are against immigration or are worried about immigration for taking jobs, the unskilled labor comes in and takes the manual labor. So the middle class, this is how it would work if that theory is holds, the middle class can get out of the house, get out of the physical labor, and use the higher productivity activities, higher paying activities that result from having been higher educated. And then they can take that surplus money, surplus time and education, and their children can go to better colleges and all that. But what what Trump is doing is not getting a lot of press. He loosened up the rules on skilled labor, on the, on the, the visas that the big tech wants to bring in. Big tech spends a lot of money lobbying for more skilled labor coming in from other countries, also for to convert our schools to STEM, to take out civics and liberal arts, liberal arts, the arts of the free man, and replace it with science, technology, engineering, and math so that they we subsidize their labor. And Elizabeth Warren says, we subsidize your labor, so you need to pay more taxes. I'm like, just stop subsidizing their labor. I can't stand it. Don't have school loans anymore. If you don't have school loans, Citibank will give them the school loans, but only if their major makes sense. And then you got corporations flooding the gates. But right now, to have the super skilled labor, they take their education from 
the socialist countries they're coming from probably that their taxpayers paid for. They bring it over here and they can actually, the reason big tech wants them is they drive down wages because they don't have the big school loans that graduate school imparts to us here. And, uh, and, and instead of lifting us, you know, lifting the middle class up by allowing us to get out of the house, they actually take those jobs, suppress the wages on top, um, and and their kids will compete with your kids to get into the good schools and stuff. I'm just saying that that you know, yes, we can argue about the details. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and and you don't need to reform any of the socialist policies like uh, subsidized school loans or labor laws or uh, the welfare floor that prevents Americans from taking those menial jobs in the first place. I think you have to reform all of that to have to restore the rights that people have of uh, of work and travel. And and I think paramount, first and foremost, we must restore private property rights. But we're not doing that. Anyway, so these are the these are the nuances with the immigration uh, issue. And the and I was talking earlier about the Council of Foreign Relations, William Weld, who ran on the libertarian ticket, Heidi Cruz, whose husband ran for a Republican spot. They they co authored or um co-signed, well co-authored, the North American Union document by Council of Foreign Relations, which says, just leave the doors open. doesn't matter if you build a wall or not. So the, and that is what happens in Europe and Sweden and stuff. It's not about people sneaking across the border. It's about policies and conflict between the policies and the people. That's what should be the focus. So why are they talking about the wall? Why? The wall isn't just a talking point. They want it. Somebody wants it. And... If you think back, there's, I heard somebody talking about the White House. White House has a fence, keeps people out. What it really does, doesn't really keep people out. It warns people that if you cross this line, you will be shot. Because it doesn't care. I could get over that fence, right? Just get a little rope and I could get over that fence. But I might get shot, <laughs> so I don't. So, uh, but the, so that keeps people out, okay? That's what they're saying, the walls. But the Berlin Wall kept people in. And it was the same thing. It was a real wall, hard to get over, but people did get over it and they got shot up until the last days. So you got to wonder, now this wall, do they, you don't actually even need the wall to shoot people coming over from the southern border because I know somebody who has a ranch on the Rio Grande in Texas who said they used to go up to the water, but they can't get anywhere near it now because the cartels have their little bird houses or whatever. They sit in the trees and they pick people off from competing cartels who are trying to bring drugs across. So they've closed the border on my friend's ranch to him and everybody else. So you don't even need the wall to signal that's everybody know because the, the Rio Grande is there. They know you go anywhere near that and you're going to get shot. So, uh, so you have to, one must, I believe, entertain the possibility that Ron Paul got criticized for bringing up in a debate once. He said, hey, man, watch it because walls can keep you in. Yeah, and if things get crazy, Binkley here is telling us about uh, escalation of um, mob tactics, uh, and and Ron Paul pointed out he said people want to take their money across the border. People have been like Michelle Bachman, rah rah patriot. I believe she got Swiss citizenship, and people do want Swiss citizenship. I don't know if they have a special uh, agreement, but. There is an exit tax. If you want to relinquish your citizenship and take all of your assets, they take, I think, like half of it. It's crazy. So you can't get out and take your money with you already. 
So I just I think if we look back at the people who are vehemently advocating the wall without understanding the underlying policy is what's more important. One, their descendants, let's hope at least it's in future generations and not right away, might look back and say, can you believe we begged for the wall? Yeah. What nuts are we? But Binkley, you've pointed out before, doesn't wasn't that an Edward Bernays thing? Make them beg for what you want them. Yeah, you what create. You want to impose cir- on them? If you want to sell a piano, you don't say, "Hey, buy my piano." You create circumstances that creates a trend that makes people want to buy, uh, put a piano room in their house. So therefore, they have to buy a piano. They and beg you, you to sell it to them. Sexy chicks, right. Laying on top of them. Oh, if I got a piano, there you go. Sexy chick would yeah. lay on my piano and start engineering singing. the circumstances. Is what he was all about. Yes, and with just one simple step further than what you're thinking. Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what makes me crazy. So you and I did expose, whatever, publicize the exposure, which was whitewashed, of the Alabama bots. The, the Russian bots associated with Roy Moore were Democrat operatives. That's in the record. The Democrat operatives who were those bots are the people who wrote for the Senate one of their two reports on Russian bots, and they never mentioned that some Russian bots were Democrat operatives. So that calls into question all of that. But, but it blows we, my mind still. It's, it's mind-blowing. But it does, it's not, what's mind-blowing is that it got out, and we know all the details, and nobody's – even though we know press is propaganda, it's still too blatant to accept. But it's true. That is what happened. And that demonstrates two big, big things here. One is – People are looking through the board like karate. They're not looking at the board. They're yeah. looking through the board. That's what's happening. That's what these operatives are doing. That The people people who call my show and don't know what policies are behind their objection to me, you know what I mean? People who don't have the meat on the bones aren't the ones – they're not the ones telling people what to do. The people who know what the other goal is. And then the other thing – so there's just it's just there's a little bit more to it than what you see is what you get. And the other thing is the press is not telling you. They're just not telling you the smoking that when that Pierre Omidyar thing came out that he was behind uh he funded the Ukrainian coup. I remember thinking this thing is it blows up the the Edward Snowden psyop to, to high heaven. And uh, I bet not one person listening to me today even knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pierre Omidyar is the billionaire behind Glenn Greenwald and Edward Snowden. He's their voice of liberty and free speech. And he organized, the, he funded, financed in part, the coup to remove the democratically elected government of the Ukraine on behalf of... The United States. And this is what people still to this day say Russia invaded Ukraine. He's the founder of eBay, right? eBay, yes, yes. So uh, this is how World War III might, you know, get started. And uh, and we still think it's Russian aggression because yeah. the press is absolutely not doing its job, except for right here, right now. Well, the press are activists, too. <laughs> Uh, I'm not an activist. You're not, but... I'm absolutely not an activist. (laughs) So let's talk about uh, what we are and what we think about 2019 a little bit more after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. 
I think the rest of my stuff kind of falls in the category of psyops and false flags, things that are created, uh, promoted by the powers that be. I still maintain that they are above parties. There are very passionate high-level operatives that I believe are absolutely smoking the left-right Kool-Aid but ultimately, I think they're all serving the same master. I take Stacey Abrams as an example. She's a member of the CFR, Council of Foreign Relations. She has had a list as long as my arm of international institutional internships since high school, basically, since her launch in high school. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. So for me to think of her as an advocate for the downtrodden, is it's, so, it's laughable. But she's not going anywhere. They did not spend it's over 20 years uh, cultivating her to to waste her. Her loss was a win for her. Oh, yeah, future. she got a vote for Speaker of the House. Wow. Yes, I did see somebody suggested that, pointed out that you don't actually have to be in the House. Uh, so that's probably a good prediction. She's not going anywhere. We we'll, haven't seen last hour. But uh, this is the... This is where you get crises, even just themes, even just you can even just say that um, the mainstream media will cable news will focus on one story over another. They push down the Alabama bots story about the the Alabama yeah. Russian trolls actually being Democrat operatives designed to after more. when it was happening, spending months talking about how he was supported by Russian bots and talking about how he's a pedophile. And wouldn't Fox spend 24-7 saying Russian bots are Democrat operatives? Like, uh, who's I would think, they on? to correct the record, they would, but no, none of them do. Right, they don't. So that's why I think it's above parties. I think it's from on high. I think they don't even have to create events. They can just misconstrue them. It, it uh, Wasn't the Gulf of Tonkin fabricated? And and look at the the absolute carnage that resulted from that. So those are the kind of things: false flags, provocations, um, made up stories, false reporting, all that stuff. So I will say a couple of specific things that I fear, and I hesitate to say them to give people ideas. But maybe by me saying them, it'll kind of be like, oh well, she blew that one. Because if you read the report from Iron Mountain, which Whatever you think of it, it certainly has some insights into how things really work. They say, we can't actually lay out for you our plans because that would blow it. So we're not going to tell you our ideas for how to introduce a euthanized form of slavery, for example. And then since then, we got the slave to drugs, slave to debt. So they do stuff and they don't always tell you what it is. So I'm going to tell you the cyber 9-11 is something that I think a lot of I think the drumbeats of that are getting louder. Uh, I'm still concerned with, and I'm hoping, uh, I pray that it's uh, absolutely gone, was that under Obama, the Secret Service had a lot of bad press. And I just was afraid that they were not going to function properly, no matter who's in office. That That's a terrible, very bad thing for people to get hurt uh, up there. So... I worry about the Iran Iran false flag to start World War III, as has been advocated by think tanks in Washington, D.C., or at least a think tank. Uh, I worry that the shutdown or future government dysfunction uh, will 
prompt some kind of bad thing that makes it look like we need more government when, in fact, we need less. But the two big ones are uh, revolve around the role that Trump plays. So I won't belabor it, uh, but I will tell you, day one when Trump was elected, I tweeted to uh, Mysterio, that's his current Twitter handle, what do you think this is all about? And he said, well, maybe they'll blame him for the great unwinding, which we know is going to happen after so many years of zero interest rates, of expansion to fill a hole that absolutely cannot be filled. There needs to be an unwinding of that. We need to reset normal interest rates. If he uh, creates policies that make it look like he's to blame and by overheating the economy, by maybe by creating a trade war, pulling back on immigration, making it look like um, reinflating the stock market bubble, that it's Trump's fault the Fed has to raise rates. And the rate raising is what causes the crash in, you know, just to, in broad brush strokes. So maybe all that, all that stuff of what's going on with Trump is really just to try to uh, make it look like he's responsible for something that was inevitable. Uh, perhaps the false flag that comes out of the Middle East will be blamed on the fact that uh, Trump pulled out of there, whether he did or not. Obama was always blamed for leaving a power vacuum in the Middle East, even though he dropped 20,000 bombs a year on Syria. Uh, Small ones, very tiny That's ones. right. Yes, I had a limo driver, an Obama supporter. I said, well, how can you support that guy? He said, well, they were very small bombs. So I asked him his address because <laughs> in case I come across a small bomb, I'll send it his way. No, I would never do that. <laughs> um, Obamacare going single payer, which was also always in the plan. There's hidden video of the guy, the Apollo guy. Uh, was it Apollo? The Tides Foundation guy may be saying it's a Trojan horse. It's beyond a Trojan horse. We're getting single payer. Just let it go. Michael Moore, that's another Michael Moore talking point in every interview he's in. What? We need single payer yeah. health care? Yeah. So so Rand Paul put out a statement saying, don't take the mandate away without fixing the health care problem that, that that vacuum will create. But they did take the mandate away with not much fanfare. That was the critical yeah. element. And, uh, and so it may collapse under its own weight, and it certainly won't be replaced with liberty. <laughs> it's definitely going to be replaced with... The single pair thing. Well, whatever. Not that definitely. is interesting. There wasn't much fanfare, but no, there was amazing. a big to do about it before. Right, and that's the thing that got me off the couch and got me to march on Washington three times was to stop Obamacare, that mandate. Uh, and of course, the big thing that I think Trump represents is this polarizing impact on the country that will that is driving, galvanizing the left to flip the country. And I do wonder if Brian Kemp is going to to play that same role. I don't know what, what the story is with him, but if, if he, he could be polarizing and, and lead actually to the backlash that flips Georgia, the South, whatever, who knows? Something. Civil unrest is another thing that that Council on Foreign Relations panel discussed, one of the worries they had. Did they say if it was domestic or foreign? Domestic. Wow. See, that has to be from on high. If you give people Prozac and Facebook or baskets of necessities and novellas or bread and circuses, which we have, which welfare, food stamps, I mean, this stuff, they did say they stopped the food stamps. I'm not sure that's true, though. They were saying the shutdown stopped the food stamps. Is that possible? I don't know. I I I haven't seen much effect. Personally, I know that there's people that have. I wasn't really that interested in it, so... 
I didn't, um, I didn't like the shutdowns, like same old, same old. So the, the indivisible guide, the activist guide, it tells them to do things that threaten to shut down and shut down the government. It instructs them to do stuff. That's why I think there's going to be more. Yeah, that's probably true. But um, the uh, I, I want to move on. The uh, it's like a paradox of how uh, what Trump is being used for. In that, on the one hand, he uh, he's used as the scapegoat, but when it comes to policy stuff, he's actually rather a compromiser. I think. Which is why it's like always the art of the deal. It's the negotiation. It's the talk big, but but meet them halfway kind of thing. I believe that he will. Uh, and don't forget, his history is not an ideological conservative. Yeah. So I and he's not surrounded by ideological conservatives. He does not surround himself with them. So I think there's a chance there is less gridlock with a de- Democrats in Congress than Republicans. Bar- bearing in mind what you say, Binkley, about uh, the left not actually wanting compromise, I think the establishment wants some policies that they can get if they're if if Trump plays ball with Pelosi. Yeah, I think he is going to be willing to compromise more. I agree with that, and I think whether it happens is it's going to determine how like Pelosi is reacting to. Th- like Pelosi versus Al, uh, uh, AOC versus Cortez, is she right. going to react uh, in a way that signals to that to the progressives or to the mainstream Democrats? Well, she is probably going to go out. She's she can do whatever she wants, right? She's at the end of the her career versus Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, so she's going to do whatever she's required to do. She has quite a backstory, not as bad as Diane Feinstein, but. Remember last year when she compromised, she started to negotiate with Trump over the over DACA, yeah. giving them what they said they wanted. The next day, she got shouted down by activists for having a weak spine and and basically cooperating with the enemy. Now she's uh, repeating the same talking points about how a wall is immoral that um, Cortez and the progressives are repeating. I still think. I mean, I'm not who knows, but I still think there's going to be compromise. Maybe it looks like Pelosi sold out. Maybe that's the cover. Maybe that's the beard. Yeah. Pelosi sells out. Trump sells out. And there's a there is a negotiating uh, philosophy that it's it's only a good deal if everybody's unhappy. Right. Right. You know, that's when everybody gave as much as they were going to give. And that's maybe what we're being set up for. But I want to be specific about what I think the bills are. The two bills that I've always said have been on the table, uh, or I should say for the past two years, that I thought was going to be a Democrat bill signed by Trump and a Democrat-style bill, now maybe an actual Democrat bill, infrastructure, which will set the stage for the sustainable city, for the driverless mm. cars. It's very serious. Only Republicans going to get that. 5G. Through. Yeah, 5G technology with the health risks, which they will – they'll be happy. They don't care, right, if, they, if they're in league with the people who run Big Pharma. Uh, criminal justice reform, which will be a hotbed of cronyism, will not improve our safety nor our liberty. That's going to be awful. And uh, um, the other easier, you know, things that have kind of are always in the background, gun control and immigration. A caller once said to me, if you're going to have gun control, any kind of gun control, it's going to be it's going to take a Republican. 
a Republican's going to have to sign off on that. So Trump, I believe, has signaled his willingness to look at gun control. Didn't he do an an executive order for bump stocks? Oh, did yeah? I don't know. I can't. It sounds familiar. I can't say for sure because I can't remember. But yeah, those executive orders sometimes they look mild, but like Obama did a bunch after Sandy Hook, and you thought it was going to be gun control, but it was about surveillance. It was about getting rid of some of the protections in Obamacare, like some of the privacy protections. That kind of thing. So sometimes those things are a foil for uh, another agenda. That's an easy bait and switch. But um, let's wrap it up after the break. Binkley, I'm going to give you the last word. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're in the home stretch with our What to Watch Out for 2019 show, which you can get on Propaganda Report uh, on iTunes. Our next show uh, is going to be next Sunday, January 13th from 1 to 3. And after basketball season, I'll be back on my regular uh, time slot, which is Saturday from 3 to 6. I'm beginning to forget because it's been a long time. (laughs) It's the summer. Uh, Okay. Uh, Binkley. Yes. You had a couple of things. Oh, right before the break, you said Trump banned bump stocks, but that was very recent, right? Did yes, you confirm it that? was December 18th. 2018. 2018. And he did it by executive order. Yeah. Which to me is absolutely unconstitutional. That's legislative. That to me should have a constitutional amendment. Like it's like a, a super legislative if you ask me. Anyway, all right, what else you got? What well, other what's the, your, what other predictions? Council on Foreign Relations panel discussion that we played earlier they also talked about how uh in 2019 a report that was released said that there will be more refugees fleeing from venezuela than from syria well that'll bring it home to us maybe maybe that'll justify the wall uh okay so we got a few minutes let me just um throw a couple of things out there do you have anything you think about if you have something i can tell you what's going to be investigated during the upcoming year fast um, it is going to be obviously the Russia investigation. It's going to be Hurricane Maria, uh, Trump's business, Trump's taxes. Um, where's my list? You want me to start? Yeah, you go ahead. You in there? Okay. Uh, possible Brexit fail, which yes. we decided the day it was voted on. A coup in Hungary because that guy is not playing ball. Uh, obviously, more anti-conspiracy theory pressure, uh, probably a psyop that, like the Pizzagate thing, where real fake news hurts real people. Yeah. Uh, I get kicked off Twitter. Oh, you're predicting that. Well, I don't want to, but it's I got the warning email saying that I follow Russian bots. It did not just it did not uh, tell me if I. Those Russian bots were Democrat operatives or not. <laughs> but I hope I don't. I really love Twitter. I love Twitter. It's the best way to get um, to communicate with people. I absolutely love it, but you never know. I But I, on the upside, I predict that uh, our website gets relaunched under the new yes. appellation, thepropreport.com, which you can probably get to already with some of the older stuff, but we're going to relaunch that. Uh, what else? Messaging bills. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of those. bills, which is bills that are not meant to pass, but they're meant to get you used to a new idea. The like the Green New Deal that was recently introduced. Uh, you want to give me one highlight of that? 
It's a climate change bill okay. that was introduced by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, dump the Electoral College. This is going to be one of the subjects Absolutely. of that. I'm wondering if anyone will ever try to eliminate the citizenship requirements for Congress. I didn't even realize you have to be seven years a citizen Maybe. for Congress and uh, nine for Senate. Um, who's going to run? Oh, don't forget, school campuses will continue to be sanitized, locked down, no nooks and crannies, no privacy, no entrances or exits. Bad stuff there. Uh, replica guns are going to make a, maybe there'll be a false flag around. Replica guns. guns. Not real guns, you know, like the orange thing falls off and somebody gets hurt. Uh, the Khashoggi thing. Yeah. Maybe a Vermont gun false flag because they are such a great argument for Second Amendment rights. Hashtag women's wave will be trending in the next couple of weeks. I predict that. All right. And that's it for us. Thank you so much. This is Monica Perez.